And I'm Gully, along with Barb Lamson, Master Gardener, as we uh, chit-chat about gardening and all the various aspects of that. It is, we are in the heart of summer right now. Oh, I was thinking just exactly the same. And we've been so lucky. We've had beautiful weather, and now we've had lots of rain. And that is so, at this time of year, you know, the vegetables are coming on. This is just really so important to us. So things are growing vigorously, and we have a, a listener who had a question for us, and she said, you talk a lot about deadheading. Is deadheading of plants, now that's just taking off after the flower is done blooming, we, we just snip that off. Is you that, can even pinch it off, right? I you mean, can you, pinch it off yeah. or use a little scissor. It depends yep. on what you're taking it off from. And the answer is yes and no. But when you look at annuals, annuals have a very short season. We plant them you know, sometime in May or June. And if we let that plant make seed, we get fewer blooms. And we want blooms on those. And we want them to develop a root. The root is so very, very shallow when we first get them. So it is necessary for the aesthetics that looks better and for the health of the plant. And we'll get the most uh, bang for our bucks that we put into those plants if we if we do deadhead but now with perennials uh. and that's a plant that comes up every single year mm-hmm. um, in nature those native plants you know that nobody goes out and deadheads them and they're just fine and but the plants that we have hybridized and we put in our own yard a lot of them really do benefit too because if you take things like Uh, a delphinium which can get very tall if we don't take off that tall spike it can start tipping over in the wind Mm -hmm. and that does not it's very unsightly and the other thing with plants like delphiniums is that if we take off those spent stalks we will get a second bloom it's it's never as beautiful or as significant as the first but we do get that second bloom and you know who wouldn't want more color from a delphinium well yeah Absolutely. Exactly. And then there are some things that are perennials that we just simply don't deadhead because they're such a benefit to the birds. Now, if you've ever had goldfinches or finches come to your yard and you see them eating these seed heads, what a bonus that is for them. Mm -hmm. And you'll find that on the cone flowers. The flowers, the it makes this wonderful seed head that's just easy for the finches to get at with their little beaks. So I always, even though I don't think they're very attractive, I leave the majority of them out. And I just think, okay, this is my bird feeder here mm-hmm. just occurring naturally. <laughs> so so that's great. And then, of course, um, uh, there are plants like uh, that if you let the seeds stay on them, like, for example, poppies. It's nice to have poppies. I've had these beautiful double red fringed poppies, and while they're not a, pr- they are an annual. They're not a perennial, but they seem like a perennial because they reseed themselves. But if you would leave all these seed heads, all of a sudden, they get so weedy they would take over mm. everything. So with them also, and I don't, I I save a few of the choicest biggest plants that have lovely flowers on them the rest of them i actually pull them out oh they they're done because they're not no matter what you do they're not going to bloom again okay so the answer to the question was you know if it's an annual it's a good idea if it's a perennial sometimes sometimes not and here um to just throw in another little 
thing. If it's a biannual, now that's different too. Um, you will What's see, an example of a biannual? Well, a biannual um, example would be like a hollyhock. So you they they make the the plant the first year. They put all their energy in, into just developing roots and the leaves and things. Then the second year they bloom, and they get flowers. Their flowers get seeds on them, and the seeds are shed. And then they die. And then the next year they start over again. So you do, it does appear like you've got, um, the the hollyhock is continually blooming. But it isn't. It was a new one that came up alongside of it. Oh, and grew. Okay. And and that's a good thing. So, so on those you don't want to deadhead them. No, except that if you want to control, again, the number of seeds mm. that you're going to let start in your garden. Sure. Because there is nothing harder to do for a gardener then in the spring, when things are looking beautiful and plants are coming up, then pulling them out, weeding them out. Sure. Because you think, oh, well, maybe, you know, I should leave that there. I've got room for that. And then other things, they're getting bigger and bigger. And, and they now crowd out everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and we know that if we have crowding in the garden, that's when we have disease, disease spreads, because things need air circulating mm. around them. Mm-hmm. So, again thanks to our listeners for asking these great questions because a lot of times I don't even think about them. So so we, we really, really do appreciate that a lot. Absolutely. Um, so uh, we have a, a perennial garden of sorts along the woods uh, yes. in, in, in our yard. And, you know, it really is kind of, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's, it's sort of, we don't have to take care of it a lot. It sort of takes sure. care of itself. It's Got enough shade where it's not getting just beaten up by the sun. Right. Uh, but they're they're pretty much daylilies and a lot of hosta and some ferns right. and that sort of stuff. So, um, but I noticed that the the daylilies especially, man, those things can just take over. Oh, oh, they can't. They can't. And you know, as much as I like daylilies, mm-hmm. they put up that big flower spike. Yep. And on the end of that, they might have four or five blooms. They each last one day. Well, if you don't take out, go down way to the base and cut that out, they no longer have that graceful, flowing look mm-hmm. that they had originally. They look kind of spent and, yep. and just not desirable. So that's one that you would really want to go in and when it gets all done. And here again, um, you may get a second flush of color if the plant is in a, it getting all the things it needs. It's getting sunlight, it's getting moisture, you know, it's not being crowded out by anything else. So I always look for that with my daylilies too, getting that second uh, bloom. The ones that, that seem to do that the most are the Stellas. Mm-hmm. And there are some newer ones now that I haven't tried yet. But next week, I'm going on a tour of daylily gardens up at Jordan. So I'll have to tell you what's what's new. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, rebloomers are a big thing in everything, including the iris. Yeah. As I w- was thinking about all this rain that we got, um, I was... By the way, I had like two and a half inches in my rain gauge. Is that is that seemed like wait a minute? Is that really what we got? No, I think that that we got around two inches, maybe a little more. It's 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 difficult to say. You know, I was watching this rain come down, and it was blowing down in sheets. Yeah, and uh, there were lots of leaves off from the trees mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a plant, and it's called a rain lily, and I love this. 
I shouldn't say I love this plant now it's new to me but it's a bulb and you know I belong to the Wasika Garden Club my husband and I and we exchange bulbs and flowers plants and just a wonderful thing and one of our gardeners Millie Knight brought these rain lilies for us last fall okay and I had put them away down in my basement where I store roots and things. It was just a little small sack. And um, forgot about them. <laughs> and I, I took out the other things. And there I was. I was kind of cleaning up this space. And I found this bag. And the and you would think the bulbs might have dried out because, you know, if they don't get any attention. Sure. They're just, but they were just perfect. And I thought, okay. And the instructions were in there. Oh, good. And they call them rain lilies because they bloom after it rains so i could hardly wait to see if this was going to happen okay and somewhere around the first week in june or maybe the second week in june i planted them and um i went to five different places i thought you know uh, i don't know if it needs sun or shade or or what it's going to need and i put little markers in and here one day about a week ago this spike came up and i thought well, that's a strange-looking plant. And at the end of it, it was like a an old matchstick, a farmer's matchstick. It was pink on the end. Sure. And that got bigger and bigger, and it turned into this gorgeous little lily. It's about six inches tall. Oh, okay. So that was the first one. And then, then its partner came up, a second one and a third one. And so every time it rained, and it just thoroughly soaked that ground, something happened. And these flowers would come. So now this is going to be the end of it. Now the next thing that happens with this, they'll make leaves. The leaves will come up. Oh. And how unusual is that? It reminds me of an amaryllis when you buy a bulb. And, yeah. And first you get that big spike. Yeah. But here's this little thing. So, but the so it has no leaves. Not yet. But okay. once it gets done blooming, then that, that spike dies down and then the leaves come up. That's but interesting. This is small. So you want to be sure and put markers in because all too soon you can lose it in your garden or forget where you planted it. Because it won't look like much of anything once the, once the stock is gone. And the, the stock and the is leaves. gone. And while we wait for the leaves and we yeah. don't want to be walking on it, we don't oh, want to decide, sure. here's the space, I'm going to plant something else okay. in here or anything Got like it. that. And, now, and is the, this something that will come up every year then? No. Oh. I have to dig it. I have to, and then I have to replant it. Oh. It's like a gladiola would be. You, you, you know, those are beautiful bulbs, but it, you dig them, you bring them in in the fall, and you put them out again in the spring. But it's such a nice little surprise. Yeah, that's really great. And and what a nice thing to share with someone. Yeah. I've never seen them on the market. But this led me to think about how wonderful a garden is that you can share things with your friends, and as you're going through your garden. You have memories of these people that have given you things. And if you share something from your garden with someone else, maybe if that dies out in the garden, you can go back to them and say, you know what, my prized iris died. Do you have an extra code? I got a piece back from you. You know, that's yeah. a, it's like insurance, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. So, And not only is it fun to share plants, but it's also fun to share vegetables. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, I look at my garden patch and I think, oh my goodness, if all these uh, blooms that I have on my cucumbers, if they come on, 
I'm, I could go into the pickle factory. But luckily this morning, I was talking to our wonderful Shelly, who is saving her, let's see, her... Comp- well, it's the pulp that she gets from, from juicing. juicing. And right, so, right. and it makes, I would assume, some pretty good compost, right? Yes, and so you've got this, this pulp that's, you know, it's just right, it's in the right form. Mm-hmm. And you mix that in with leaves and grass clippings and, and some topsoil. And the next thing you know, it's cooking away in there and you've got new soil. And that's, that's so wonderful for the plants because it's got so much organic matter in it. Yes. And we have such heavy soil here. We People don't realize plants have to have oxygen in the soil. Mm-hmm. And the only way they can do that is if we put particles in there because we have clay and it compresses together and they don't get that oxygen that they need for their roots. No. But it's, it's heavy too. Yes. It's really, it's a, it's a son of a gun to dig that stuff. <laughs> Oh, with a oh, shovel. Oh, it is. It's it, really heavy. Oh, yes. And, you know, when it dries out, you almost have oh, to... it's eat. like rock. Yeah. That, that's How do these roots even survive yeah, in there? That's a really good question. And as soon as you put this organic matter in the soil, all these other microorganisms organisms they start working and and they benefit the roots so much and and they can take in more food that and then you get a better better plant but i was looking at these cucumbers and i thought oh my goodness what am i going to do with all these cucumbers and i was talking to shelly this morning and she said i'm going to can cucumbers i said really i'm going to give you cukumbers <laughs> and she said you know, we were talking about dill and i said I've got dill. <laughs> so if if you grow it, you'll find a place for it. It just it just happens that way. Sure. That yeah. that is that's It's is like it's like Harvey and his tomatoes. You know, I mean oh, there's always yes. somebody <laughs> that that'll take tomatoes off his hands. The thing that's hard to get rid of is zucchini. Now yeah, zucchini, zucchini yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Zucchini it's it grows so prolifically. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to matter when you put it in you'll always have a great crop of zucchini. Mm. Yeah, they aren't as popular, that's for sure, as uh, as as some of the other things you're talking about, right. like and, the cucumbers. And, and, and like stuff. I say, they're prolific. And we have, with the squashes, normally we have that squash vine borer, but at, at least my experience has been that I never get that vine borer in the zucchini. Hmm. They're very discriminating. Apparently. Yeah, right. They don't like zucchini either. Yes. You know, I read about something that that might interest you a little bit. I'm I'm always amazed um, how people are trying to take our corn and our soybeans and find new purposes Mm -hmm. for this. And and this added value, uh, it it enriches the whole community. We get jobs from it. So and it's great for the environment. Over in Hutchinson, they have they have been studying the effects of using uh, bio-based uh, sealant for <clears throat> on their on their cement. Oh. So, it, and the thing is, uh, this is made from soybeans, of course. Can you imagine? And the sealant would go on new concrete. And the it, the thing that's so great about it is, and this is the research that they've done, it shows that. Uh, the first sealant would keep the uh, pavement from cracking uh, for, let's see, uh, four years, 
no, six to eight years, and then they can apply it again after that. And the second one uh, will delay cracking for 12 to 16 years. Holy moly. Yeah. Now, does that sound great? I imagine it's expensive, but when you think of... Oh, uh, yeah, but how expensive is it to replace concrete? Yes, and and look at... uh, like Highway 169, the inconvenience. Yeah. And when you have to channel, I mean, when you think of uh, channeling traffic other places, the inconvenience and the traffic accidents go up in that. So if this proves to be as good as they think, uh, I think that's just a wonderful use. And this article is in the Ag Innovation News. Oh. I, uh, and that's July, September issue. Uh, I, I just think they have the best things that they're supporting in there and they're working in. I'll let you read this article. Yeah, Dolly. that's pretty it's, cool. Is that, do, do you know who publishes that then? Is that is that done through the research center or what's the deal? It is. Um, um, AURI does their own research and they support research and um, they, they're funding some of it and they're looking for new ideas Got it. and they support people with uh, who want to get things on the market all aspects of that okay so naturally um that's what we should be doing we should be doing more and more research all the time because boy i was out and about and i thought the corn is tasseling already oh i know it's 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 crazy how it's just right jumped in 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 height and uh you know i mean I know it does this every year, but this right. does seem like it's kind of early, isn't it? It, it does. And, and we have these great yields of beans, soybeans, and corn, and we have to find new uses because we know we can grow this, but we have to have a market for it. Mm-hmm. And that is just so important to all of us. And and my goodness, I think it's great to, uh, if we can do a sealant to go on the road and extend the life of the roads. Oh, and with all the cars that we've got on the roads yeah. nowadays, this, I think this is really the way to go for the yeah. future. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I have to read that. Well, so um, everything is looking pretty darn swell in your garden, I'm guessing. Yes, yes. Things are looking good. And, you know, we are taking care of our daughter's little puppy <laughs> while she's uh, moving from one house and buying another house, this little Shih Tzu. And she is so funny she loves to garden with me oh really she doesn't dig but when she wants to bury something she uses her nose oh Uh, yes so i give her these little bones that i thought she was supposed to be chewing on but she takes them outside and she buries them with her nose she (laughs) goes in the grass and she goes in any soft dirt that i've been in and she buries these. then the next day she goes and looks for them but she doesn't realize we you know we live on a ravine we have raccoons oh yeah the raccoons come up at night and then she also will take her food she'll take a mouthful of dog food she wants outside you put her outside and she buries that she oh, puts it in the Pete grass sakes. yes it's like okay so i won't have to come inside i'll just yeah. eat out she she loves being outdoors so oh, well so that's that's, that's a, a good thing yeah that that is a very good thing but it's so funny to so, watch the personality <laughs> of a dog because we we haven't had a dog for years and years mm-hmm. and years and we've never had a lap dog and little bella is so special and she's so fun to be with now here's what's not fun of course since she's out digging in that she does get dirty 
she hates taking a bath. Oh, sure. And so I have to have one arm around her and one arm. I've got the <laughs> shampoo ready and I got the water ready. And she's fighting to get away and I'm fighting to get all the shampoo <laughs> off from her. And then I try and get her in this blanket and she's shaking on me. Right. And, oh, boy, I'm telling you. It's quite a wrestling match. It, it is a wrestling yeah. match. And then she does the funniest thing. If she gets away from me, yeah. she takes and puts her nose on the carpet yeah. and pushes along uh-huh. like 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 she's drawing herself off well on that. yeah yeah we I, ha- who we, knew we have a beagle and he or she rather doesn't like to um take a bath either very much although instead of the wrestling match like you have she just kind of looks sad <laughs> oh my oh my oh my well my daughter said that that when they would bathe her she would just stand and cry oh and i thought oh i'd rather have her wrestle with me than than yeah. than cry yeah. i tried to trick her and uh but you can't i mean she recognizes the shampoo. Uh-huh. She recognizes yeah. this big towel I use. Yep. And then she runs and she hides from me. <laughs> so uh, who knew all this about a dog? I have decided that plants are much easier. Yeah, there you go. And, and they're rewarding. And, you know, um, we should probably also mention real quickly um, the uh, the kinds of flowers that uh, are good for pollinators because that's always a big issue. Oh, um, yes. and, and, you know, we, we, we still are very concerned about, you know, the, the bee population. That's and right. That's right. And, and you know, um, there are more and more people that are aware of how important pollinators are. It's like it, when you start educating, you just, it, it takes so long to get the word out to everybody. Mm-hmm. Not only is it so important to have flowers that the pollinators will want to be getting both the pollen and the nectar from, but we also have to do everything we can so that we're not uh, exposing them to neonicotoids. Yes. And in the one of the big um, companies is going to take them off the neonics off in the future, mm. but uh, until that time. Uh, if you're using some kind of a pesticide or a herbicide, be sure you read the instructions. And it always says, don't, you know, don't use this in the morning because that's when these pollinators are more active. Mm. I was surprised to see that when I had these big red poppies, I had enormous uh, bees, the, the big bumblebees that yep. were on there. And by noon, they were totally gone. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, um, some people think that bees uh, prefer certain colors. I I think it's it's accessibility where they're at. If you can also include some water nearby them, and uh, uh, like a tree, a shrub, something like that, so they have some place to light in that. That's really important. But uh, all of the uh, native plants that we have, they're great. And we have things like, um, it's called globe thistle. It actually has a, a thistle, mm-hmm. but they're in the shape of a globe. And that is a plant that the bees, um, the flies, the ants, they all just really love this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they all go into that group of pollinator, yep. whether you're an ant and you're tracking the pollen from one plant to another. Sure. Or, or you're carrying it at a distance. Mm-hmm. And uh, so 
think about that and, uh, uh, and and maybe just even if you can put in a small patch. Annuals work great. Yep. Uh, the uh, bees love the uh, zinnias mm-hmm. in all all the different colors. They'll they'll be there. They'll there. You can see the pollen on the zinnia right on top. It's very easy for them to collect. Like the bumblebees, they they actually collected along their legs and yeah. and carried off like that. And so, you know, be be aware of that and do what you can do and provide water yep. and. Uh, uh, some you know like certain bees uh are the type that uh they they like to be in rotting trees they burrow in oh and what they do is um the eggs are laid in there and then they seal that up and then they will hatch out and then they'll come out so i have something i don't know if it's going to be effective or not but it's it's like a bee house mm-hmm. and it's a commercially made thing and it has hollow tubes in it where these, um, uh, it's the carpenter bees, okay. the ones. No, it's not carpenters. I forget now uh, what the name is. But they're they're supposed to go in there. Okay. So I will keep you informed if if I have any visitors okay. to my hotel. Uh. Now someone suggested to me that something like that is really too new yet, and it probably smells of uh, you know the factory and whatever they use. Oh right, yep, it, yep. It's uh, so it's like it uh, needs to sort of acclimate. Yes, it does. Okay. It's like bamboo tubes in there for them to go sure. in and lay their eggs. So we'll see if that works. I don't know, but in the meantime, I am um, planting things. I, I've uh, there's been lots of sales on annuals yep. in the store, and if you thought you didn't have enough of something, you know you can you can get a lot of mileage out of an annual yet before they freeze up next fall. Uh, two more things I wanted to mention. One is our community engagement office here at Minnesota State Mankato. I think next week is doing a, um, well, they're calling it something like uh, working on the farm or something like that. But it re- what it really is, is is the community garden that's over near Mount Cato. They're yes. going to do a harvest there. So um, it's going to be kind of fun. And they're looking oh, for yeah. volunteers from the community who want to just go- come and help. So, oh, wow. So you are, can, they, are they actually harvesting food already? Yes, apparently. Well, uh, maybe great. maybe they're also going to do some weeding and other stuff. You know, yes, I mean, I imagine yes. there will be some. So you know, you get your fingernails dirty, and that's that's a good thing. So is that one day gully, or is that more? Yeah, than Yeah, it's one it's day? one day next week, and I honestly can't recall. But you can get a hold of the uh, of the office here at Minnesota State Mankato uh, Community Engagement. Well, that's a, that's so, a great yeah. endeavor. And the food from that goes to the food bank, I think. Absolutely, it? yeah, yeah. And, and so, and then the other piece uh, that I, I just wanted to let you know, I thought of you the other day when I was up north. Over the long weekend, ah. I was on a golf course, but there was a, a, a water hazard, which I had a, a lot of luck finding, and, um, <laughs> and, and there was milkweed uh, yes. along there, and I ha- had no idea how fragrant milkweed yes. is. Oh my goodness, it smelled delicious. Yes, and you know, that is one of the nice things. People have uh, connected the monarch butterfly with milkweed, and they're willing to do that. I've seen that in different yards too, and I've also seen more raised beds in in yards. You know, um, if we have this hard soil and we have these roots running all over, maybe what we need to do is put in a raised bed. Right there. You and go. if you just want to put one in for the pollinators, and by the way, I always have milkweed seed, so I save it and I give it out whenever possible. So if you've always wanted to put in a milkweed garden or you have some place you just want to intersperse it with something else, very easy to grow. Uh, don't worry about getting it now. 
just put it in and it'll be fine. Oh, okay, good. Well, Barb, always a pleasure. Uh, you enjoy your weekend, and uh, thanks for sitting in with us today. Well, thank you, Gully.